Today's theme is on hope. Uh, what does the word hope mean to us? When we hope for something, we are looking forward to it. All over the world, people are experiencing hardship and uncertainty uh, brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. The world is hoping for a successful and safe vaccination against the coronavirus in order to stop the pain and death that is caused by this disease. Many are hoping for a return to normal life, a life in which people can socialize and get together. God created us for community. We live together, we work together, and enjoy each other's company. Relatives would like to get together. Grandparents would love to give hugs and kisses to their grandchildren. I remember visiting Pastor Sam some time ago, and the children came out to greet us. They were so excited, and we so desired to give them hugs, but we could not. Uh, it felt rather painful. So when we hope for something, we long for it to become a reality. Parents hope for their children to do well in their education so they can graduate from high school with flying colors. They hope for their children to pursue their dreams and have great careers. Employees hope for an increase in their wages to offset the high cost of living. Those in business hope for a year of good trading with good profits. Hope is a part of life. As Christians, our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is always for that uh, which is good because we know that our God is the giver of all good things to all men. He is the supreme goodness. You see, faith and hope are cl closely related. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We hope for something and... It is through faith that what we hope for will be realized in our lives. When we have faith in God, we believe that he always was, always is, and always will be. He is the self-sufficient one. We believe his word, and we trust that he will do whatever he has promised to do. Our hope is not in what the world offers or what we can do for ourselves because the world and everything that is in it is passing away. The things that we can see, we no longer hope for. Our hope comes from God and does not disappoint. Romans 5 verse 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For our first point in today's message, we will look at hope in Christ requires patience in waiting. You know, God created us and he gave us the freedom of choice. We have the ability to reason and to do things for ourselves. But God has also given us the gift of hope. Hope requires that, uh, requires us to be patient and to wait upon the Lord. The Advent season is a reminder of the long period of waiting that preceded the first coming of Christ. This period started way back in Genesis, right through to the Gospel of Matthew, from Adam and Eve to Joseph and Mary, from the Garden of Eden to the birth of Jesus in a stable in Bethlehem. Whilst Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, God gave them only one simple command. He told them, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. We know the story. Uh, Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Their disobedience brought about death, not only to themselves, but to all of mankind. Now, our God is an absolutely holy God, and therefore, he cannot tolerate sin. He had to expel them from his holy presence. Fellowship with God was broken, and their relationship as well. Their disobedience ushered in difficult and hard times. However, God did not give up on them. He gave them hope. He said in Genesis 3 verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The serpent and his offspring represent Satan and his angels and all those who follow him. The woman and her offspring represent Eve and all those who trust in God. Even though the woman's offspring represents all descendants of Eve, this verse refers to one descendant of hers who would triumph over Satan and rescue sinners from his kingdom. Satan will strike his heel, but this special person will crush Satan's head and bring to an end Satan's rule and domination of mankind. You know, God continued throughout the Old Testament period to keep man's hope alive. And in Genesis 12, verses 2 to 3, God called Abraham and promised him. He said, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless you. 
those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God fulfilled this promise through Abraham and the nation of Israel. God continued to give promises through his prophets concerning this special person that would, would bring blessings to all people. Isaiah the prophet said to the king of Judah in Isaiah 7 verse 14, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. There were at least 700 years before this prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled. However, God continued throughout those centuries to give the people of Israel hope. And the children of Israel looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, but they had to be patient as they waited for his coming. The same applies to us today. Our hope in Christ can help us wait patiently, not only to celebrate his first coming, but also as we look forward to his second coming. For our second point in today's message, Hope in Christ guarantees eternal life in his holy presence. Now, our earthly life can be described as a time of preparation for eternity. And those that believe in Jesus will be with God in his holy presence. The life that we now live may not be easygoing. We may face numerous trials and tribulations and may even get discouraged. We may face heartache and pain and disappointment. Yes, you see, the road to heaven is not an easy road. It is narrow and it does require self-denial. The Lord said in Luke 9 verses 23 to 25, if anyone would come after me. He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. For what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or for forfeit his very life? Denying in short, denying oneself is saying no to the enticements of the sinful nature and yes to the Lord's will. It is a life of separation uh, from worldliness, a life to a life of godliness, a life where we can continue to mature in Christ. The Lord encourages us in John Chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many mansions. If that were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be with me where I am. The Lord Jesus promises us a place with him in eternity. Adam and Eve's disobedience robbed mankind of being in God's holy presence and enjoying fellowship with him. But the Lord Jesus has paid the price for man's sin. He came to restore that broken relationship. And they that believe in him and have repented have the Lord preparing a place for them. Our hope is to be with him. Our hope is eternal, and this hope is secure because he promised it to us. We know that God never breaks his promises. Revelations 21 verses 3 to 7 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old Order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. And those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Isn't this just awesome? The victorious ones are those whose hope in Christ helps them to go the distance, who run and they don't grow weary, who hold on to their steadfast hope in Christ, no matter what may come their way. They trust him absolutely, and they build their lives on him. They willingly and joyfully obey him. They know, as the songwriter says, that their hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, However, it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those that love him. Our God shall reward all those who diligently seek him. 
What a great incentive to be totally sold out to God. The greatest reward is to be able to see God face to face and to be with him forever, worshiping him, singing songs of endless praise and magnifying his holy name. You know, for as long as we are in this world, we are to be followers of our Lord Jesus. Wherever he leads us, we are to go. You know, we are truly blessed by God because he has given us his Holy Spirit to indwell us. And his Holy Spirit guides us and teaches us. When we stray, he convicts us of sin and he returns us to the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In Matthew 5, 13 to 14, the Lord says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. The Lord wants us to be salty always. Salt is valuable. It adds taste to our food. Salt is used as a preservative. It makes food last for longer periods. We are to have a positive effect on those that we are in constant contact with, those who know us. Therefore, it is good uh, to guard our reputation and to live in a way that people will immediately identify us as belonging to Christ. Just like Peter the Apostle was identified as being with Christ at his trial. We are to be separated from worldly ways and we are to be set apart for God. The Lord went on to say, you are the light of the world. You know, light dispels darkness. And our lights must always be shining. The word of God says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So we cannot be secret followers. We must take care in what we say and do. For whatever proceeds from our mouths cannot be taken back. It comes straight from the heart. So it is good for us to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Reining in our tongues and making sure that whatever we say about anyone is always upbuilding. We must consider others in a high regard. Not quick to judge because there is only one just judge the Lord Jesus himself. Therefore, we must be alert to the schemes of the evil one, for he is out to entice us like he did Adam and Eve. And when temptations come our way, we, are, we must resist. The, the word says, Satan will flee from us, and then we must draw near to God. What is more? 
the Lord will never allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to bear. Sin must not dim our lights. And with every temptation, God is faithful. He will give us a way of escape. When we do fall short, let us be quick to confess and uh, to repent. It is good for us to keep short accounts with God. After confessing, we can pray to God to fill us again with his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must have control of our lives. For our third point this morning, hope in Christ empowers us for his purpose. Whilst the Lord Jesus was here on the earth, he told his disciples many things. And he spent three years of his ministry teaching them, uh, encouraging them to serve God and one another. He also told them of future events. In Mark 13 verses 24 to 27, he said, But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that, time, at that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and great glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. This is going to be mind-blowing. Imagine the sun being darkened and the moon ceasing to shine. Without light, there is no life. And at that moment, the stars fall from the sky and the entire heavenly body shaken. This is what God has determined to take place. Whether people believe it or not, if God says so, it is going to come to pass. This is according to God's plan and nothing or anyone can change it. And because we have received the gift of faith, we believe that this is going to happen. And we know from God's word that this world shall pass away. We also know that the day of the Lord is coming soon. Many believers in Christ would love to have the Lord Jesus return as soon as possible. Many are ready even for the day of judgment, whilst others are not. And those who are not ready are those that believe that life will go on as usual and that there is nothing after death. We do well to enlighten them with the truth, for it is the truth that will set them free. Physical death is not the end of all life for anyone. There is life after the last breath has been taken. The question is, what type of a life? Will it be one with God or one in separation from him. 
That is the reason why the Lord Jesus said to his disciples before his ascension in Acts 1, 8 through to 11, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be uh, my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The disciples stood there, uh, uh, gazing up into the sky. They were looking for him to return right there and then. They depended on him so much for everything. They loved him dearly, and they wanted to be with him just like a bride wants to be with her bridegroom. But the Lord told them before he, that, that he was going back to his heavenly father. However, they did not expect it to be so soon. The Lord Jesus had given them explicit instructions. They were to be his witnesses, but they had to wait for the empowering of the whole Holy Spirit, for this great ministry. Sure enough, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and indwelt them. Now they had the power. Now from a people trembling in fear and hiding from their authorities, they were brave enough to go out and spread the gospel. We who believe have the same assignment. We are called to share the message of hope in Jesus. God does not want anyone to perish. That is why he sent his son uh, to die for the sin of this world. The Lord Jesus did not come into this world to condemn it, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3 verse 17. We do not have to be afraid to share our stories. No one can dispute our story of faith in Jesus. We know that the Lord Jesus is coming again. But how can people believe in Jesus if we don't share our faith? Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 and 3, For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. This Advent season presents us with opportunities to share our faith with boldness. What a perfect time to let those in our circle who are outside of Christ know about the Lord Jesus. 
This is the time when our conversations can quite easily be redirected to the sharing of the good news. A time for those dear to us who do not know Christ to be witness to. We would love for them to become like us and experience hope in Christ whilst they wait and have hope in Christ that guarantees life in his presence and have hope in Christ that empowers them for his purposes so that they may abide in Christ and bear much fruit. For a branch apart from the vine cannot bear fruit. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he cuts off. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. It is for this purpose that the Lord Jesus died for us. He died to save us from our sin and also that we may bear fruit. He died and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He watches over us. And we please him by joyfully obeying his father's will. And when we obey him, we bring glory to our heavenly father. Why delay? Let us rise up and be about our father's business. Telling our salvation story so that others may have hope in Christ, so that they may not be disappointed or be separated from a loving God forever and ever. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Father, for the enlightenment, for the reminder of your great love for us. We thank you, Father, for challenging us to be about your business. Father, you are not willing for any to perish, but you want all to believe and to be converted so that times of refreshing may set in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.